0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly. You're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week, we bring to you a woman who's going to help you in some area of your life, give you some insight, help you, help you achieve your lifelong dreams. How about insights into relationships, business, and your career, health, and fitness, or your self-esteem? You know, I've been interviewing Martin Amazing Women, leading women, for more than over eight years. It's one of my favorite things to do. I really, these women are fascinating. I love hearing their expertise. I love hearing their stories. And I chose 19 of the best experts to be my co-authors in the new book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life, which is now in its fourth print and came out in December. So if you haven't thought about what you're going to be reading lately, and you're thinking about women and becoming a women leader, this is a book for you, or someone you know. Go to your local bookstores, or you can buy it at Barnes and Noble, or check it out on Amazon. It is a great read. Now, today we have another smart, amazing guest, and her name is Dana Beal, and she is all about helping in the workplace, the culture. She's a workplace culture expert. And she is a business consultant, and she's all about helping you to, make, uh, to find the very, very best workplace. Her book is The Extraordinary Workplace, Replacing Fear with Trust and Compassion. Now, she's spoken with over on 70 radio shows and TV talk shows throughout the country about this book, so we're excited to hear what she has to say. And even more impressive, she's delivered many, many keynotes and workshops for, for over 300 businesses, and her new model for enlightened leadership. Her goal is to expand human potential by creating harmony, teamwork, and cooperation and building the very, very smart, extraordinary businesses that are leading to great success. So I'm very, very pleased to have Dana Beale on Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Well, thank you for being with me, and uh, you have a great new book and exciting things going on, and uh, thank you for being with me.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: You're, you're more than
1: welcome. Uh, women
0: Connect for Good is all about helping uh, connecting women and help, helping to promote their passion and their dreams, so we hope we can do that for you, but uh, again, thank you. One of the things, uh, Dana, that I start out typically with any conversation is after I welcome you and say, hello, how are you, is to really ask you about how all this came about, because I think especially women in general, look at someone successful like yourself and all the amazing things you're doing, and they're saying things must be so easy for her. But oftentimes when we hear the story of how you became who you are and why you're writing this book and why you're out there trying, uh, trying and, of course, improving the workplace for everyone, uh, there's always a story behind that. So if you don't mind, let's start there and just say, what, 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 why are you doing what you're doing? How did you get to be the the Dana today that you that that I'm speaking to?
1: Well, that's such a great question because it certainly wasn't what I had in mind. I was a business consultant and I'd also been a, a marketing director for several professional firms. And um, I really enjoyed what I was doing in terms of helping businesses be more successful. But I discovered that there was something holding people back and causing a problem that people seem to be afraid to talk about. And what it was is there is a web of egos that are battling and competing for power in the workplace, and it causes a lot of pain and suffering. There are managers that disempower employees and coworkers who hurt and sabotage one another. That people are afraid to even talk about it because of their fear of recrimination or retaliation. So I begin the process of trying to unravel and help people have clarity in that drama that's going on in most every workplace. And yes, as you mentioned, it's not easy. My challenge is to talk to businesses and organizations about giving up the ego and being more authentic. Well, as most of you probably know, there are a lot of egos running companies. So it's not been easy. I've also had some great successes because there are people that recognize that they're tired of this kind of way businesses are run, and they're ready for a whole new kind of workplace culture. So my whole theme is about healing the workplace and replacing fear with trust and compassion. And. The good news is more people are receptive now than ever before.
0: And one of the things that we're finding more and more, and I'm just like you, it's been frustrating. Uh, again, I, I was a director of an employee assistance program, worked for a very, very large healthcare system, and believe me, I do understand about egos. The thing about women, especially women leaders, is that we are finding that there are better ways to do things, and I think we're helping to teach. Uh, Men and women, the same thing, which is to be authentic. Absolutely. To, to, to go back to the whole thing about relationships. You know, we see the companies today that are being successful, the ones that are really about developing services, creating relationships. But again, that that personal touch. We're going back to. I think. I think in our society we feel such a disconnect, and and I think companies feel that same thing as that. You know it, it shouldn't be a place of war, it should be a place of camaraderie and building teams, and of course again, not living in fear or reprisal and and, and I agree with your book i think uh, I think people are very tired of the old model of, of people basically standing over uh, someone saying, "Get your job done and if you don't, you know here's the repercussions or if you don't do if you don't work harder and you don't work longer, there may be a chance that you won't have a job or that someone right. will pass or you'll be passed over. Okay, just to help uh, everyone understand a little bit, what is it that you think this model uh, has, that, that basically is becoming very antiquated, really is? Okay, you talk about egos, but I, I like what you say. I mean, you've got this uh, kind of series of things that when you talk about the ego. You know, people that have personal agendas, and, yes. and basically, they're, it's not for the common good. It's for for themselves. And that's, not, that's really not how successful companies are really, really running today. It's really no. about the culture and, you know, again, uh, what are you trying to produce? You know, every company, if they understand what they're trying to produce
1: and make the world a better place, are, are really
0: becoming more successful. But can you speak to that just a little bit? Well,
1: what I've discovered or what I, I tell my audiences is that there is a big misperception going on right now, and there are some changes getting more all the time. But the big misconception is about artificial power. There are many leaders that are operating from what I call artificial power and it appears powerful. But actually these kind of leaders that are operating with the fear based management style, you can recognize them by their personalities. They're usually kind of cocky, arrogant, have all the answers. They tell everybody how to do everything and They're not usually real accessible. They're not the kind of leader that you would go to um, when you need help because they usually seem as though they don't allow mistakes. And this is in contrast to what I call an enlightened leader. An enlightened leader actually puts energy and time and care into the people they work with. They understand that people don't come to work completely developed human beings. We're all working on all kinds of things. And truly great leaders have qualities like humility, integrity. They find value in the employees that they work with. They lead with compassion. They lead with. Um, they are a good role model, not by pretending to act like a great leader, but by genuinely operating from the qualities of a great leader. And when you work for a leader like that, you feel that you are in a trusting environment and people actually do better. Than under under the fear-based management.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's interesting, and I'm sorry this 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 popped into my mind as you were talking, but you were talking Uh about the uh, ego-driven leaders are the ones that are about power, about telling versus listening. And I was was thinking of Donald Trump, and it's interesting Uh to see a leader or someone who's standing who's coming into the public eye, who basically is saying that they're going to be a savior. But really, <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the first definition really came to mind, uh, like a Donald Trump who's standing up there telling us what's wrong with us, what's wrong with everybody else, and why he's going to be the, he's going to be the savior of this country. And I think that's kind of what happens in the workplace. You know, when, the, when things are not well, when things aren't going well, or, or people think things are, could be better, uh, they look to people like this, and that's what's kind of scary to me, is that we sometimes we look at these potential leaders as, as saviors, and at the same time, you know, you, be careful what you wish for and be careful what you get. I mean, I can't imagine Donald Trump being a... Uh, a very good, uh, as far as being, <laughs> going in and being an ambassador to other countries, I, I think the first thing you'd say to China is that, you know, you have the worst economy I've ever seen in my life. Like you said about Hillary Clinton, he says, you know, she's been the worst secretary of state we've ever had. You know, but I think that's kind of what we're talking about. But yet at the same time, people kind of have the model in their mind is that's the way they're supposed to be. And, and I guess that's what we what your book is talking about, and what we we talk about when it takes, when we talk about take the lead, is really that there is a new kind of leader, or there's a leader out there that people be, need to, to recognize. Really, can be much more effective and create much more positive results, and and everybody wins with these particular types of leaders versus the tell you what to do and be powerful and controlling.
1: Exactly. And I couldn't think of a more perfect example of the extreme ego-driven leader than Donald Trump. He, he exhibits all, of the, all the characteristics that I describe as an ego-driven leader yeah. well, on a great platform. Well, you were
0: talking about past mistakes and you were talking about projecting blame and yes. fear. Fear is the underlying. And I think, I think these leaders, too. I mean, you look at Hitler, you look at some of the worst in our history, but it was mm-hmm. all driven by fear if right. you don't follow me and if you don't do these things, you know, here are the percu- here are the repercussions, you know, you will fail. Right. And I think that that model of failure is is again one that people have been so used to. But, right. but again, we we as a, we as human beings basically, uh we have to have good role models. What right. what companies you know, I mean, again, you may know some companies that are definitely doing a much better job as far as leadership and I can think of some like mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, uh, you know, Sheryl uh, Sandberg, right. because their model is one of really it's about people. Exactly. It's about partnerships. Right. You know, she talks about the importance of partnerships. But it's, exactly. also, it's also very important as, as far as having a seat at the table and having a voice.
1: Right. Well, the companies that recognize they're going to do better when all their employees are working at their full potential are outperforming other companies. Because think about how you feel if you're working under someone who is exerting fear and stress and a lot of pressure. You no longer work at your best because you're looking over your shoulder expecting that um, you could make a mistake. And so the companies that recognize people do better when they're in an environment where they have autonomy, where they can choose how they work, where they work, the times they work, companies that offer flexibility, and honor the individuals and i actually say honor the spirit in the individuals and it creates true teamwork and true collaboration and cooperation and so much more can be accomplished by that and i don't know about you but i have well yeah you did say you did i also have worked in corporations where that high pressure frenzied um, trying to meet deadlines meeting the numbers is going on day in and day out and you never feel that you can even relax at night because you're going to get an email that's due and yeah. you are just constantly stressed out. Well, that won't work long term. And yeah. so the example of Google is a perfect example. They actually teach courses on emotional intelligence. Yeah. And, and you're seeing more and more articles and, and books coming out on mindfulness and meditation because the truth is we need to slow down and work from our deeper self with more clarity and with more relationship ability and, you know, able to work with people in a way that empowers all of us because we rise together when everybody's working at their highest level.
0: When I was working at, in this large corporation, this healthcare care system, as a director mm-hmm. of the Employee Assistance Program, it was interesting. You know, we were actually doing an excellent job. I mean, we were doing good, but it's interesting, the more beneficial and the more productive and the more helpful we were, we actually received less praise or less appreciation. Don't do too good a job because, or don't try to, don't try to outshine anyone because, you know, you need to stay under the radar. You mm-hmm. know, and what I found also is that many managers, and I think this is the culture, and I think you talk quite a bit about culture, which I think is important, is that many corporations, if you can hang in there long enough and you can stay under the radar, you can move, you, can, you kind of get pushed to the top because basically if you're there long enough, they, they push these managers, they push these survivors, these supervisors who survive long enough to end up being inept and the cream of the crop walks out the door and the rest of them just rise to the top. So then you've got your, your dysfunctional, your ineffective managers, which is even scarier.
1: The most recent poll done by the Gallup company, the most recent Gallup report, states that 70% of employees in America are disengaged in the workplace. That's 70%. And by disengaged, they mean that they're present, but not really engaged. They may be there physically. And out of that 70%, the bottom 25% are so actively disengaged, they are causing havoc, gossiping, blaming, you know, doing all the things that make the workplace so painful. And they state the number one reason is because of what you just said, the boss from hell, the person who has been elevated to a position in spite of the fact that they don't have relationship skills and they don't know how to manage people.
0: Yeah, And, and I think this is where companies are beginning to understand you know, and, and I think the neat thing that you're seeing is more companies not only are beginning to understand about relationships, but they're also understanding that it's about making a difference and make, and doing good in the world. And right. I think these are the companies that are becoming more successful. Uh, you know, and again, Google, Facebook, uh, you know, Saturn, I mean, some of the car companies, but, they're, but they always say, you know, at the, they've got some philly, philanthropic endeavor. Their employees are engaged in their communities. Uh, they have right. a culture where not only are they helping, you know, maybe they also have an employee fund to help employees that are having difficulty, but they're also engaged as teams in the in the community itself that are that are actually doing good, at, you know, like building building a house for Habitat, right. you know, or doing you know Day
1: of Caring for United Way, and those are wonderful things. And another thing that companies can do is just operate ethically. There are so many companies in the past that the dollar was, you know, the almighty dollar was the whole purpose, and they didn't always do everything in an ethical way. In fact, I would get really tired, and I still see it, what I call deceptive marketing, where you're tricked into buying things. You're signing up for things when you didn't know you were, and, the, you know, the fine print to trick people. And the companies that operate, truly operate from leadership that starts with integrity, is aiming at providing the service that people truly want and give good customer service and provide such a good um, sense of loyalty in their customers that they don't have to yeah. use these deceptive um, yeah. Pat- yeah, tactics. And well, so, one, of the,
0: one of the words, I, and, I, and I, I don't know that I've, i read it specifically in your book, but ownership is a key. Companies that profit-sharing stock something that that really incentivizes employees to feel ownership right. I mean let's say we take care of something that we own we take you know we become, we're proud of something we own we want others to be proud of things that we own you know they want yes. we want to shine and, and and this I think again is so very important is that how a company engages and as you said seventy percent are disengaged, but how you engage Employees from the very very beginning, from the day of training, uh, from the day they apply for the job to the day of, of their first day of training, to when uh, the day they actually start the job, is that in, cre- uh, in creating that ownership, which is basically, you know, you are the company. You mm-hmm. know, if we if, if the company succeeds, we all succeed. And I think this is this again is that value that. You know being proud of a place that you work being you know like they say, "Where do you work? oh, I work for Google or I work for facebook and and smiling and feeling good about that and I think that's right. the other thing that takes care of that ego is when when you own something you care for right. it you're you're well, you're much more willing to 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 go to go yeah. further if you, if it belongs to you and you have a piece of the piece of the uh, pie, so to speak, so that's quite uh, you know, and do I you think. think- yeah, but do you think things are changing though? I mean, I mean, you've been out what there. You I've said you're frustrated, but uh, at times. But do you think things are changing? I, I think they are.
1: Yes, I do. And what what I recommend, and I do a lot of leadership training, is that the real change has to occur individually within people, and that as we one by one start to operate from integrity and become really great leaders at a foundational level at a core level we're going to do the right things and so my leadership training really helps people do the self-reflection that helps them become a leader with wisdom a leader that's making choices that are not just for best for the leadership but best for the whole company yeah. And. When leaders operate from that level, then they do the right thing. So I teach people, first, who you are is important. That is the foundation. Then, secondly, the things that you do as a good leader, and that includes things like mentoring rather than criticizing, coaching rather than using fear, creating an environment where people know they can make mistakes and that they will be coached into doing it better. Providing training programs so that people um, really know how to do their jobs, do some shadowing with other employees, uh, but most of all it's having an environment where people aren't afraid to go out and do their very best in whatever yeah. their role is in the company yeah. and and then they then they work at higher and higher potentials when they're not afraid
0: oh yeah no I, no, I absolutely agree and I, and I believe that's changing. You know, we uh, again, one of the things that that we're really, really, really very, in fact, again, the reason we wanted to have a conversation with you is about women's leadership. And the thing that we're finding with the really successful women and that we're out there teaching as well or educating as well is that, first of all, again, women get to be women in the workplace. And I think, again, these models that we've had in the past, uh, again, the, the 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 leader who's powerful and has control and power—that's the you know that that's what you have to be—is changing. Just as women now are understanding, we don't have to be men; we can be women exactly. acting, women and using those those skills that we have, which are great communication skills and right. great uh, great collaboration skills. You know, and one of the things that we talk about, and I think this is as is well for men and women, it's not about competition; it's about connecting. Right. When we connect, we can, we can truly, uh, truly be beneficial to one another. I mean, again, I think the smartest leaders are those that, that choose to surround themselves with people who basically do things better than they do.
1: You know, Exactly. I think that's, the,
0: that's, the, that's the key is that, I mean, find, realizing what you're good at and then surrounding yourself with people who are good at the skills that maybe you don't want to do or you're not very good at doing. But right. But you, you use the word Authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that's so very, very important: is that when people feel they can truly have a voice and they can truly be themselves, and there's value in that, there, there is so that, that is such a uh, that in itself is such as uplifting and freeing, freeing feeling. Exactly. Uh, one of the things, uh, Dan, I'm not sure if you know this, but again, one of the fastest growing trends right now are women-owned businesses, because again, these are women that. Basically, they've been tired of being in these ego-driven yes. businesses. These Fortune 500 companies that basically they are ego-driven, exactly. uh, and there there is no room to to move up. It's basically cutthroat and competitive to the point that people people become ill. I mean, let's face it. If we if we work in an, in an emotionally uh, sick environment, physically and emotionally, people it starts to take its toll on people. So. You know, I, I believe this is changing. We're out teaching the same kinds of leadership skills, which is basically people really taking their God-given talents and, try, and yes. going out and making the world a better place, but also having a voice of connection and collaboration.
1: Exactly, and and I, you make such a good point about women. Women can make such a difference, either in their own companies or in the companies if they have the courage to stay. Because women, what I say about women leadership is they have strength of, women have strength of character, but gentleness of heart. So they can be very, very strong leaders. Women are brilliant. Women have so much to offer. But they also know how to create an environment where people can communicate and be open and use their best talents, where the ego-driven leader thinks they have all the answers and therefore no one needs to contribute and they like a lot of yes people around them. And nothing new happens under that environment, just a lot of stress and pressure. I shouldn't say nothing new, but the kind of um, results are based on a lot of pressure and fear, and it's not anywhere to the level of that free-flowing collaboration and cooperation that occurs in in a healthy environment.
0: I, I like uh, in the front of your book, and you talk about the purpose of the book, which is build, rebuilding relationships in the workplace, Workplace by honoring the spirit in ourselves and in others that resides beneath our self-created identities, uh, which battle and compete for power and validation. And I think that that really, really says so much about your book. The book's title—I don't, I don't know that we said this—the extraordinary workplace, replacing fear with trust and compassion. And uh, I applaud your efforts and your your energy and your passion to to make a difference in leadership because. We do. We we need uh, we need positive leaders. I you know when I hear people talk about uh, Donald Trump uh, Trump and that boy, we need change. And boy, he really knows how to get things done. I just I cringe. I hope in my heart that people truly understand we have to have leadership that does have compassion and understanding, uh, and and that will surround themselves with people like like like-minded people that, such as themselves. So anyway. Right. How can they find your book more about you and what's going on and, and how they can learn more about what's happening with this, this leadership and getting rid of ego-driven companies?
1: Uh, well, thank you for that opportunity. My website is just danabeal.com, and Dana has two Ns, so it's D-A-N-N-A-D-E-A-L.com. I also have a Facebook page, Healing the Workplace Culture, And I do a lot of workshops and speaking around the country. I do keynote addresses at conferences. So if anyone is interested in that, go to my website and join me in helping heal the workplace culture. That's my commitment.
0: Well, we're already doing that. So we're 155% or more behind you. So, Dana, thank you so much. For today and, and uh, continue success with your book. We will do what we can to continue to promote your efforts. We're already doing that. Take the lead. Is uh, our goal is in by the year 2025, hopefully earlier than that, is that we'll have uh, equal parity and we- women's leadership roles in all areas. So again, we're all about okay. again creating uh, women's leadership, and of course, I we believe that again, women leaders do have that. Uh, they're not ego driven we're all about we 're about connecting, about collaboration and really helping people to to live better lives and to make uh, do better things in the world. So uh, I know awesome. those are your efforts, so let's just keep doing what we 're doing.
1: Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much for having me.